Well, here we are in this new year of 2023. How fast it comes. I mean, it just seems like last Sunday we were celebrating Christmas, right? But since this is the first Sunday this year, let me ask you two questions. First of all, uh, let me see, how many of you have had perfect attendance in worship this year? Okay, those of you who have your hands up, reach over to those that didn't and tap them and say, wake up, <laughs> wake up. My second question is, did any of you make New Year's resolutions? I always wonder if people still make New Year's resolutions or are they like the man who decided this year I'm gonna kill two birds with one stone, so I'm giving up New Year's resolutions for Lent. Maybe we don't make New Year's resolutions like we used to because it's obvious that when we make them, we don't really keep them. And if you don't believe that, just go to any gym this week and look how packed out they'll be. Come back in two weeks and look how empty they will be. But besides New Year's resolutions that we don't keep, I came across a list of the top 10 lies that people tell, or in other words, promises we make to ourselves and others or are made to us that aren't kept. Number 10, we'll only stay five minutes. Number nine, this will be a short meeting. Number eight, I'll respect you in the morning. Number seven, the check is in the mail. Number six, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. Number five, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Number four, your money will be cheerfully refunded. Number three, we service what we sell. Number two, your table will be ready in just a moment. Or another version of that is your call is important to us. So hold on for 30 minutes while we put music on. And number one, I'll start exercising or dieting tomorrow. And I bet most of us are guilty of that one. But starting today, you have the rest of your life to live. And if you're like me, you wonder from time to time just how many years are left in the rest of my life. Or another good question that we can ask ourselves is not how long, but how well, not how long are we going to live, but how well are we going to live? What will you do in the years, no matter how many you have left, what will you do to make them worthwhile? I remember back when I was 35 years old, I began wondering if I had reached midlife because I thought to myself, well, if midlife is halfway there, I'm 35 and that means I'll live to be 70. And back then, 70 seemed like a ripe old age. But today it's all changed because people live a lot longer. In 2012, there were 316,600 centenarians people who are 100 or older in our world. In 2015, that had grown to half a million, 500,000. Last year, 
there were 97,914 centenarians in the United States alone. And it's predicted that by the year 2050, there will be 4.2 million centenarians in our world. So the first year of the baby boomers, that's my generation, the first year that we begin reaching the age 100 will be the year 2046. So that's the year I'm gonna turn 100 and I want you to know you're all invited to my birthday party that Ann's gonna have for me. Did you know that Winston Churchill became Prime Minister of Great Britain for the second time at the age of 77? That Colonel Sanders didn't start selling fried chicken until he was 65? That Thomas Edison was still busy in his laboratory at the age of 84? Benjamin Franklin helped frame the Constitution at age 80. George Bernard Shaw wrote another play at age 92. The great missionary Albert Schweitzer headed a hospital in Africa at the age of 89. Goethe finished Faust at the age of 83. And Ronald Reagan was elected to his second term as president when he was 73 years old. But now look what's happening today. President Biden will be 84 years old if he runs for a second term. And Donald Trump, who's already declared he's running, is 78 years old. Queen Elizabeth, as we know, reigned as the Queen of Britain for 70 years, and she was still reigning when she died recently at the age of 96. You know, an important point that I hope to make this morning, among two or three others, is that there is a very important difference between living long and growing old. We've all heard those definitions of what it is, what it means to grow old. You know that you're growing old when the gleam in your eye is from the sun hitting your bifocals. Your favorite part of the newspaper is the obituary page to make sure you're not on it. Your little black book contains only names ending in MD. You get winded playing chess. You join a health club, but don't go. You turn out the light for economic reasons rather than romantic reasons. Your knees buckle, but your belt won't. The best part of your day is over when the alarm clock goes off. And work is a lot less fun, and fun seems a lot more work. But let me tell you, you can do all those things at age 40 or 50 rather than waiting till you're 70 or 75 or more. Some people are old at age 50, and others never grow old, even if they live to be 100 or more. Some people have cataract surgery at age 43. Others have more enthusiasm at age 80 and are healthier mentally and physically than a lot of other people who are decades younger than they are. So there's a big difference between growing older and growing old, or living long 
and growing old. We've all been growing older since the day we were born, but not everybody grows old. Because of that, I look forward to the time when people will be happy and eager to tell you how old they are because there's a difference between living long and growing old. Secret of life is not just living long, but living well. But how do you live well? There are a lot of books and magazines and articles, go to any bookstore, countless references from people who have lived to 95 and older, giving you their thoughts about what it takes to live long and live well, not just grow old, but uh, just grow older, not old. Uh, there's a book that I discovered one time that was called What Really Matters, and it gave 12 perspectives by people who were 95 years and older, famous people that we all know, on what was the secret to living their lives so well. And all of the points that they made included the following uh, key factors about how to live well as you live long. But I must say none of these factors were a new surprise to me because these things have been basic to my Christian faith and what I've been taught as a Christian throughout my entire life. First of all, one of the factors they mentioned was that uh, no matter how old or young you might be, you should live for today and not for yesterday. There's no question that the longer we live, the more yesterdays we accumulate. But yesterday's warm memories are some of our tre rarest treasures, and they are meant to enhance today's living, not keep us stuck in the past. So often older people, especially those who have lost loved ones, so, so uh, I get so deeply entrenched in what it was and who I miss and the life that is no longer that they don't allow themselves to live fully and completely in the world today, even though there's a lot more life to be lived. But again, I say yesterday's memories, especially if they're good ones, are, should enrich our living life, our living today, but, but not keep us from fully enjoying today. Another frequently mentioned guideline by people that have grown older, what it takes to live well, is that you must stay active. You must keep going, keep doing. A survey of people who tended to live longer, a uh, hundred and more especially, uh, it pointed out that these people were always active, always busy doing something. Like they say, you know, you will know, rust out before you will ever wear out. A number of years ago, I remember a movie, so some of you might remember it too. It was a movie called Dad, and it starred Jack Lemon. You remember Jack Lemon? It's nice to have some people that can remember that. When I mention names to my kids, they go, who's that? Who was Bob Hope? Who was, you know. But in the beginning of this movie, Dad is just a tottering, feeble old man who just follows Mother around the house doing whatever she says. However, Mother has a heart attack 
And then dad has to start doing things for himself. Make the bed, fix his meals, wash his own clothes, even drive the car. And as a result, he reverses the aging process and he becomes a younger, healthier, more virile person. So as we grow older, we need to stay actively involved, find things we enjoy doing, especially that keep us moving. If we want to live well, we've got to get in daily exercise. Some people retire from a 30 or 40 year career, but they don't retire from life. Amen to that. In fact, that's when they really begin to live maybe better than they did before. And I love how many times across the years I've had people say to me, you know, I don't know how in the world I found time to work before I retired. As you stay active and involved, don't ever import and forget the importance of altruism or doing for others. Again, studies have clearly shown that people who live to be 100 are generally not self-centered people, but they are altruistic, always caring for others, always seeking to find ways to help the less fortunate. But we know that the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ is exactly that, of service to others rather than self-seeking and self-service. Jesus clearly told us that the greatest of all will be those who are the servants of others. As one hundred-year-old lady who works every day in her church's food and clothing pantry for the poor said, God intended us to reach out to others. Still another important element, if you want to live well as you live long, but it's true no matter what age you are really, is that you've got to keep a sense of humor alive. Nothing ages you faster than a lack of levity and shows that laughter is the great preventative of illness. And I, I often commented, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like the modern world has lost its sense of humor to such a great degree. Uh, people used to sit around even with people of the other political party and laugh and get along and today, no, we don't do that. So I love the woman who, when she was asked one time, how you doing? She simply said, I take aspirin. Or the woman who, when she was asked if she was lonesome since her husband died, she said, no, I have four men friends. I get up with willpower. I eat breakfast with Arthur Ritus. I go for a walk with Charlie Horse. And I go to bed with Ben Gay. I've also always loved a poem that was given to me years ago by an older person with a great sense of humor that is entitled, my get up and go just got up and went. And it says, how do I know that my youth is all spent? My get up and go just got up and went. But in spite of it all, I'm able to grin when I think of where my get up has been. My age is golden, so I've heard said, but sometimes I wonder as I get into bed with my ears in a drawer, my teeth in a cup, my eyes on the table until I wake up, 
Ere sleep dim my eyes, I say to myself, is there anything else I should have laid on the shelf? I'm happy to say as I close my door, my friends are the same, or perhaps even more. When I was young, my slippers were red. I would kick up my heels right over my head. When I grew older, my slippers were blue, but still I could dance the whole night through. Now I'm old, my slippers are black. I walk to the store and I puff my way back. The reason I know my youth is all spent, my get up and go just got up and went. But I really don't mind when I think with a grin of all the grand places my get up has been. And since I retired from life's competition, I busy myself with complete repetition. I get up each morning, I dust off my wits, I pick up the paper, I read the obits. If my name is missing, I know I'm not dead. So I eat a good breakfast and just go back to bed. Still another guideline, if you wanna live well as you live long, is that you've got to keep a youthful spirit. You know, Jesus said, unless we become like a child, we cannot enter the kingdom. The kingdom is about joy and love and happiness and peace and hope and all the good things we want in life. Why did he say we should become like a little child? Because he was talking not about the age or physicality of the child, but the this, this spiritual, mental, emotional attitude of a child. That includes most likely things like optimism, enthusiasm, wonder, and love for life. And it certainly excludes the attitude that is a self-pity or, oh, poor me, or nobody cares for me. I've been forgotten, I'm a has-been. As Henry Thoreau once said, no one is as old as the person who has outlived enthusiasm for life. And others, whether that person is 20, 50, or 80, if you have enthusiasm, you stay fully alive. And enthusiasm, if you break down the word on and theos, means in God, or better yet, God in you. Studies of the people who have turned 100 years old or older show that they are optimistic about life in the future. One man who decided he was gonna treat himself to an Alaskan cruise for his 100th birthday was disappointed when the cruise line said he waited too long, all the cabins were sold out. So he said, okay, just book me the next year. <laughs> or some of you remember George Burns, I hope you're with me on that. But when he was 93 years old, he said, of course I'm gonna to live to be 100. On my 100th birthday, I'm starting an engagement at the London Palladium for four weeks, so I can't die, I'm booked. He died three years later, never got to the Palladium. People who live well as they live long enjoy life because they have a youthful spirit of enthusiasm and optimism towards other people and towards life itself. Mrs. Iva Blake is a centenarian who has to use a wheelchair to get out, but it doesn't keep her from enjoying her garden in Albuquerque, New Mexico. From early spring until late autumn, 
She puts on an old-fashioned sunbonnet, maneuvers her wheelchair into the garden, and rakes and hoes and weeds and waters with a specially designed cut-off garden hose. Or Ella Miller, who says that she was always a noted party giver in her younger days. Younger days were back when she was 95. She's still enjoying being a hostess once a year and throws a party for all of her friends. And the last party she threw, 150 people showed up. So there are lots of other thoughts that uh, we can share about how to live whatever remainder of life you have left to the fullest. And hopefully it's a long life, but that's not the important thing. Not live long, but live well. And that includes the roles of family relationships, of self-discipline, of setting goals. Norman Vincent Peale once said, live your life and forget your age. Maggie Kuhn, ever heard of Maggie? She was one of the founders and leaders of the Grey Panthers. The Grey Panthers serve as advocates for the aging. She says, old age is the flowering of my life. The New York City News, Daily News reported that two women aged 97 and 102 told a Senate hearing that their prescription for longevity included lots of interest, plenty of laughter, and a strong faith in God. And that last one, without a doubt, is the most important one of all. Those who live best live their life with God. Faith in God is certainly important in our younger and middle years of life as we struggle to get our lives, our families, our careers, everything going and earn a living, but that faith becomes even more important in the middle years of life when things begin to change and in the, the last years of life as we face the reality of our mortality and think about what lies ahead. And that's why the most often repeated advice by those who have lived long and lived well always has something to do with faith in God. I grew up in South Florida. There was a congressman, a senator, and a congressman. Uh, he served both. His name was Claude Pepper. And uh, he served for 60 or 70 years in Washington representing Florida. And everybody thought he would just be there forever. And sometimes it seemed like he was. But he said that the greatest secret of life is to learn to draw upon the invisible forces of life for your strength. Norman Vincent Peale, when asked, how do you get so much energy at your age? He simply repeated the words of the prophet Isaiah by saying, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. So of all the uh, thoughts I might share with you that I've learned over the years about how to live life to the fullest, live long, but also live well, faith in God is most important. And that's because only the spiritual matters for eternity. And the truly wise person wants to live long and live well, not only here on earth, but also throughout eternity. 
So as we begin this new year, I hope that you will know how to live well, no matter how long or short your future years may be. Amen.